Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi all and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And today I'm delighted to be talking to Antonio... Oh my goodness gracious, I can't say it. Antonio Garrido. And um, with such a wonderful sounding, evocative, beautiful name, Antonio, delight us with your wonderful accent. <laughs> yes, that's quite true. Hi, Russell. Thanks for the invitation. I've been a fan of the uh, fan of the podcast for a while. It's interesting because in the UK, um, so we have clients all over. We were just talking off air, but in the UK, I have a very usual accent and an and an unusual name but when i'm hanging out in miami which is where one of our offices is i have a very usual name but a very unusual accent it kind of flips over but uh, it's the kind of origin my father was spat is <laughs> is spanish and my mother um from athens in greece so oh really wow for, for for the uk audience my accent is quite normal i suppose yeah Absolutely fine. Well, it's great to talk to you today. Well, tell us just a little bit about you, maybe, before we talk about the um, the concepts we're going to discuss. Oh, gosh. it's um, that was It's not a therapy session, so just, you know, the old one-minute potted history. <laughs> so um, it's probably only interesting to me, and I was going to say my wife and kids, but probably not even them. So I came out of university a million years ago. I'm fairly ancient uh, as an architect. So I was originally an and then... Um, genuinely, because careers are so, I mean, they are tricky things to manage, even if there is such a thing as being able to manage them. But um, I found myself, by luck rather than judgment, um, uh, running a few kind of departments. I saw, well, I went from the drawing board to kind of managing, um, you know, drawing teams, yeah. and then found myself working for an organization who sent me back to school. <laughs> Um, to do sort of a strategic business management, kind of further degree MBA type thing, um, because they wanted me to run um, uh, a whole division of, a, of an organization. So I kind of headed up Europe and then just went from architecture just to management leadership. Um, and there I worked, I was so fortunate to work for some tremendously insightful leaders. No doubt we'll talk about a few of those. Uh, later on, so ended up being uh, uh, leading you know, what you would call 
you know, maybe top 60 PLCs, very, very large organizations with thousands of people and billions in revenue. And then about 12 years ago, thought, you know, um, I've worked for so many tremendous leaders. Maybe I should uh, see if I could maybe help coach some of them. So I did a bit of consultancy for a couple of years, did consultancy for the NHS for a year or so. I'm very fortunate to get that rather large gig. Um, and then uh, went off to Miami to set up the business and uh, we did terribly well. And now we coach uh, leaders um, all across the world from tiny, you know, solopreneurs all the way to the the biggest that, that, that there is or that there are. No, that there is. So, yeah, um, I could I could go on, but it's you're probably bored already. But that's no, so interesting. Coach. It's it's quite interesting, isn't it? How that that progression from being a technical person and how you leave that behind and become a specialist leader or manager is actually quite hard for people to do, isn't it? They often bring that the detritus of their technical job. And yeah, they don't, I, they don't often see leadership management as being a specific job in its own right. Okay. Okay, so I mean, we could have that debate. We could be debating that all day. But I, I guess it's fair to say that I wasn't such a tremendously good architect. Okay, so I was, you know, I was okay. I was very creative, but um, in in terms of being, you know, quite sure that the buildings were going to remain standing for any particular length of time, I don't suppose it was my, my forte. So, uh, you know, I would, um, I, I was very good at designing. I was very good at conceptualizing, but I wasn't very good at actually getting that. In the, well, I was, I just couldn't be bothered with the detail of it. So, um so I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a fair point, but I was more the creative conceptualist than than the structural consultant engineer. Yeah. And I and I guess I wasn't leveling an accusation at you. What I was actually thinking generically is you often find leaders who who are still hanging on to the vestiges of the technical job. They won't let things go. They don't see leadership as they progress through an organisation as I think, being something that's separate. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that. What I think I see more of is nobody comes out of university. I mean, there are there are people that, I mean, you don't even have to go to university, but there are people that start an organization. Mm. Therefore, you know, by dint of the fact that they were the founder, you know, they find themselves at the top of the pyramid and all businesses grow down, don't they? With kind of layers coming under. And so they find themselves from day one, if you like, in charge. But that's not most businesses, not the ones that we work with at any rate, but you know, that, you know, there's a large proportion of that, but most, leaders of large and complex organizations they have come through a particular route so mm -hmm. some have come through sales and marketing some have come through accounts right and the finance route and then some have come through logistics or supply chain or it we talked about it before we started as well so they normally come to a leadership position having specialized in certain kind of discipline so what we do find to, to answer your point i think i hope um, is that those that were CFOs have a very functional kind of money, statistics, numbers, you know, bent. Those that come through sales and marketing are, are, are oftentimes more optimistic, perhaps, and oftentimes more creative. Those that have come through, you know, do, do you get my, my point? So, so they normally come to the leadership position having specialized and having excelled in a particular um uh, area and one of the things that we 
try and encourage them to do is to look beyond that because you know that the you know we say to a lot of leaders that were CFOs you know to tell me about companies that have saved the way towards prosperity right so because they're always like every pound is a prisoner and da, 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 and they can't they can't move beyond that so we do find that um uh yeah but uh as far as kind of my particular route from account uh, from architecture to leadership to leadership development i think um <laughs> i worked for a guy once that Every time I sent her, it, it was awful, right? But every time I sent an email, um, he would say, oh, Garrido has written another novel, right? Because, like, my, it was just so long and so just, just you can tell already that he's very verbose and just kind of can talk and write forever. So um, I, I always, whilst I was an architect, I always wanted to be a writer. In, mm. in And uh, this is my third book, so I do write a lot. And so I think, I think for me... The whole thing was about creativity, but then taking all of the stuff I'd learned from the tremendous leaders I worked for and kind of put it together in our own leadership model. And I I guess that's how that happened. So there is structure because we're very models based. We we, we base everything on a model. If we can't rationalize it, justify it by a model, we tend to discourage it. So, okay. Well, give me an example of one of those models and interesting to see what you mean by that. Yeah, so well, I mean, we have we have <laughs> lots of. I think um, uh, one of the ones that we kind of rely on more than anything else is we we talk to our leaders and in the same way that you talk about resilience all the time, we talk about potential, right? Yeah. So we say, um, you know, a leader's job is to maximize certain potentials, and when we get specific about that potential. We'll say, well, they've got to maximize their own potential, maximize the, the potential of their leaders, their people, and therefore by default, maximize the potential of the business. And we have models that say, well, how do we maximize potentials? And then we'll say, okay, well, that kind of falls within four particular areas. We want to make sure that we've got the right beliefs and values. So there is something to do with beliefs and values. And I know when you talk about resilience, that's very, very important. And then it's kind of behaviors, actions, and initiatives, right? So that's another model. And then we have to, you know, you can't just think your way to greatness. You've also then got to do some things. That's the actions and initiatives. And then we need skills and techniques. So we're constantly improving skills and techniques. And then we wrap the whole thing around kind of self awareness or eq more than anything else so emotional so we use these models that we're always talking to people and say okay well let's just be very specific about what's your intent for this particular thing today is this a is it a behavior initiative thing is this a values thing is this is is this a self-awareness thing so we're constantly pointing people towards models that we are we trying to close gaps here are we are we coaching patterns here are we largely we boil everything down to two things, I guess, if I had to be as broad and brushstroked as that, which is, are we lighting fires within people today or are we lighting fires under people today, right? So are we leading or are we managing? And and, and so we have, I'm, I'm going to say about 30 different models that we use on a very, very regular basis. Yeah. So we'll say, for example, we'll follow a leader around and we'll say, uh, we won't personally follow them around we don't stalk them but we'll say so what have you been doing in the last week say for example have you been more people focused or have you been 
more task focused have you been more proactive or have you been more reactive and yeah. we kind of we have a model for that we want people to be people focused and proactive rather than reactive and we're constantly saying are you moving up and to the right in other words are you you know in the right kind of zone on yeah. the ground so those kind of models and we have about 30 of those Does that makes yeah. sense it makes a lot of sense i all think the, the what you're talking about is you're wrapping a process around common sense yeah well <laughs> yeah but who was it was it mark twain or somebody oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> you I wouldn't even bother. Okay, we can all good. chant that one. Very good. So the latest book, because you, you 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 uh, mentioned that you've written ten thousand actually. To this is your third one, I think you said, isn't it? So what's what's the thrust behind this one in particular? So thank you for that. The thrust behind this one is <clears throat> it's uh, I guess more than anything else that self awareness piece, that emotional intelligence piece. That so when I got my first what i would call significant job right which was one of these top 60 plcs the the fact of the matter is and i'll tell you and nobody else of course that I, but i actually wasn't sort of ready for the for the role and it was politics more than anything else that decided that i was going to get that job so um on on day two or day three, there was a as I came in in the morning, there was a note on my desk from the group chairman asking me to come to his office because this was before email, right? Um, and I thought, oh, they found me out, right? No, only 48, 72 hours. I'm going to get fired today. So I, I uh, went to his office, and um, it was a really and really interesting conversation that we had. And I encourage, I encourage your um, audience to think about the story I'm just about to tell you. And if they took five minutes or 10 minutes, <clears throat> it's a real practical exercise that they can do that will really help. I think certainly helped me at any rate. Okay. So the first thing, so he asked me two real big questions. The first question was, <clears throat> he said, um, have you ever worked for a, a dreadful boss? Right. And I thought this is a trick question. Right. Because <laughs> he expected me to say him. So um, I said, yeah, I have worked. I've worked for a couple of terrible individuals. So I'd like your audience to think now about what would that mean? What does, what does, how does that apply to their world? So like, have they ever worked for a terrible boss or, you know, have they ever been in a situation that they, that they haven't enjoyed? Have they ever worked, you know, partners and all of that kind of stuff, right? But I'll keep it to this story. So he said, have you ever worked for a terrible boss? I said, yeah. He said, okay, great. He said, good. And then he gave me a piece of paper <clears throat> and a pen and he slid it across this pretty vast desk. And he said, uh, could you write down what the characteristics of a terrible boss look like? Mm. So... I thought, this is hard. So I said, yeah, sure. So I wrote down what does, you know, dreadfulness look like in this particular regard. And you, you're already probably thinking, you know, so maybe somebody that, you know, micromanages uh, inconsistent, plays favourites. I don't know, right? Whatever, yeah, right? Usual. Um, so characteristics of dreadfulness in terms of a bot. So I, I, I then slid the piece of paper back and said, yes. He said, that's exactly right. I said, that's exactly what a terrible boss looks like. Give me some more. <laughs> so then I wrote, you know, maybe another four or five. And this went on a couple of times. And now I have a list of about 15 things that dreadful bosses, dreadful leadership, kind of like a, a model of, you know, awfulness. Um, 
And he said, he said, yeah, that's a really, really good list. He said, would you do me a favor? So I said, yeah, sure. Go on, go on, go on. Whatever you are here, whatever you are leading this business, will you promise me that you never do any of the things on this list? Right. And and it kind of took me by surprise, rather. And I went, yeah, okay, okay, I I promise. I'll try and never do the things on that list. Seven, will you carry that list with you at all times? And if I ever I see you in the canteen or whatever, or stop, you know, when you're passing by, pop in, get your list out, and we'll have a chat about it. This is such a bizarre conversation. So I said, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. He said, okay, terrific. And then he said, but how would you know if you're doing any of those terrible things? And I went, well, I'm not. Uh, well, I'll just know, won't I? And he went, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. So he said, do you journal? I'm, I am coming back to answer your question, Russell, I promise. He said, do you journal? And I said, no, I don't, because I didn't, right? And, and he said, well, why not? And and I wasn't actually sure why I didn't, but I was, you know, you can probably tell I'm a certain individual at the moment. So for Rather than have nothing to say, I said, well, probably because I'm not a 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl, right? Because cause that's what I thought, yeah. you know, dear, dear journal, you know, dear yeah. diary. Dear diary. Yeah. So he said, mm, okay, well, do me a favor. Go and find eight of the most successful people that you can think of in any walk of life, right? An odd number eight, right? In any walk of life, uh, measuring success however you like, right? So it doesn't have to be wealth or power or anything like that, right? But in any walk of life, sports, entertainment, whatever, um, and see if you can find out whether or not they journal. And then when you've done that, come back and chat with me. This guy's weird, <laughs> right? So, so off I went, Um found uh, eight people who I thought were the most successful individuals that I knew personally versus, you know, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett of this world, who, by, by the way, I know Steve Jobs is no longer with us, but they actually also also journal. And anybody you can think of, any sports personality, anybody that's that's excelled in, in business, like any of those kind of things, 99 out of 100, they all do journal. I didn't know that at this time. So anyway, went back and said, okay, I got it. All right, I got it. They all journal. So, all right, so so I should journal then, shouldn't I? And he went, well, only if you want to know uh, how to get better, only if you want to build yourself awareness, only if you want to know if you're doing any of those things on that list, and only if you want to, you know, know in advance whether or not you're doing any of those things on that list. I said, okay, okay, I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. I think, crikey, generally, just not me, right? So, and it, and and it's a little bit like, I had another boss once that went to the dentist and uh, the, the dentist said, hey, listen, I know you brush every day. And by the way, we all brush every day. So there are some things that we do every single day for five minutes every day, twice a day, right? Like brushing our teeth. And the dentist said, you know, you also ought to floss. And he went, well, all of my teeth? He said, no, just the ones that you want to keep, right? So there are certain 
you know, certain habits that we do. And what we do is we brush our teeth every single morning and every single evening. We don't wait till Sunday and just brush them for two hours and just wait for our gums to bleed, right? So there are certain things that we do that we do because we know that they are the right thing to do, even though we don't actually see the benefit that very, very, very second. Well, journaling's a bit like that. And I was thinking, I don't know that I'm that guy, but we'll give it a go. Trouble is, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to write. I don't know. That's the biggest problem for most people, isn't it? Well, it's the writing because so many of them these days say, well, can I type it? And we say no. <laughs> okay. And then they get very grumpy and they go, we do live in the modern age, you know, there are apps. I said, yeah, we've got an app. It's a phenomenal app. We'll give you videos every day. We'll give you prompts every day, but you got to write them down because there is, we talk a lot about it in the book. There's so much research that there is. Yeah, the editing and then the whole process of telling your hand to do so anyway so i won't get into that it's very boring but uh, your ability to learn and develop is significantly like 300 times improved by writing some thoughts down as opposed to just thinking some stuff but anyway so i said i don't know what to write i don't know where to start and how would i do it and how much do i write and blah 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 and he said, okay, great. Well, let's just start. And then he gave me a bunch of prompts. We talked about them in the book and we talked about them on our website. We talked about them all over the place. And we got downloads and all of that kind of stuff because we just kind of want to make a start. So he gave me some really, really powerful exercises, which is like um, write down a um, hundred things that you're uh, that you want, right? And he said, go bad, get anything. Just go bananas, right? Mm-hmm. So... It could be only wearing handmade Italian shoes, only flying first class only, right? Write down 100 things that you want. And then, and then when I did that, I said, okay, now write down 100 things you need. And, and that's really hard, right? Because yeah. you don't need 100 things. You, you suddenly discover that these are the things you want, but these are the only things that you need. And then he said, do you see the difference between those two? And this is a conversation I'm now recounting over weeks, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he said, how does that make you feel? And I went, you know, pretty grateful, really. And in the book, again, we talk about things like, you know, uh, gratitude is so important. And it's so important for resilience. And like, gratitude is so key to build people's resilience. Um, you know, you can't have a positive life if it's filled with negativity and negative thoughts. And the same for leaders and same for everybody. And um, one of the things that journaling does is it it's it's a place for that gratitude and it's a pl- anyway it's a journaling journal is a place for a lot of places yeah so whilst we've been um so i developed you know that habit of journaling for years and years and years and there's a whole rake of them in this book bookshelf just over here i keep them all and they're brilliant you know we have a lot of our clients that have journaled for years, we get, we get to a certain point and we leather bound, we leather, leather bind, bind them. them. Mm, good idea. Their children and their grandchildren. And, you know, it's yeah. you love, I mean, I would. So my grandfather, I'd love to know what he thought every day about stuff, right? Yeah. But anyway, so, so what are we trying to do? I think I'm answering the question about the book, right? So, um, so we developed over years and years and years um, a, a really, really great model to grow EQ and self-awareness and so on. I, I gave a talk a couple of years ago. In fact, it was just before COVID to about 400, maybe 500 people. And I asked, um, I said, by a show of hands, 
who here has no blind spots? Right? And, and fortunately, Russell, right, nobody put their hands up, right? So everybody recognizes they've got some blind spots. We all have, right? Everybody knows that, you know, we're not perfect in every single regard, although I know when our mother was bouncing us on her knee when we were four or five, convincing us that we were the smartest, most handsome, most creative and gorgeous individual in the history of the universe, right? And I'm not saying she was lying to us, but, you know, she meant it when she said it, but maybe she wasn't, you know, maybe it wasn't quite right. So we all have some blind spots. So I said, okay, good. So by a show of hands, who hasn't got any blind spots? And nobody put their hands up. Terrific. Okay. Now, I then asked everybody if they could take a minute to just write down what they were. Now, that's tricky because... yeah. If we knew what they were, then they wouldn't be blind spots, right? So we all window, isn't it? Yeah, lots of problems, but we don't know what they are, yeah. and so and so journaling is one of the and and best ways uh, to resolve that. And again, it comes down to that. It's a great analogy for resilience as well. If we're going to grow self awareness, self awareness helps with resilience, emotional intelligence, impulse control, empathy, all of these things, all of this whole EQ thing is uh, really helps with journaling. So, so we put together a program that would help individuals to grow their self-awareness so that they could figure out what their blind spots were so that they then could do something uh, about it. So I was taught, if you like, loosely to journal by uh, a terrific uh, individual. And then when I left that organization, went to another one, the next guy, who was also a super duper, um, you know, uh, incredibly self-aware and, um, you know, self-actualized leader, who also journaled, we kind of started this program where we got the whole leadership team to journal and then the management team. And it just kind of it gathered its own momentum in its own life. I say this is my third book because I wrote two other books just about business and about sales and growth and management and stuff. And I thought, you know what? Why so many people ask us so many questions about journaling? Why don't we just just finally kind of draw a line under it and let everybody know what they should write and when they should write and how much they should write and why they should write about those particular things and and then by the time they get to the end of the book, if they want to continue, we help them with that too. But we don't coach anyone. Um, we don't help anyone. We don't train anyone. We don't we don't work with anyone that doesn't journal. And um, uh, my coach, because all, yeah, I, I think if any if any business coach doesn't have a coach, then they, how can they be authentic, right? How can they say you need a coach, but I don't need one, right? Yeah. So, my coach, who is a fourth generation or was a fourth generation submarine commander, they don't kind of give submarines just to anybody, right, to play around with. Um, and he coaches, you know, presidents of countries as well as presidents of companies, right? Um, uh, if they don't send him uh, an image, a photo of, of their journal, not our journal, you know, just whatever they journal. If and, and every leader of every company and country, they do all journal. But if they don't send an image of their weekly journal to him, he won't even coach them. He won't take their call. Like when they ring him, he won't. He won't. He won't. Look, he, won't pick, he won't pick up. I'm not saying that we're quite quite that. Um, uh, 
austere. That's probably not the right word. What strict? That'll do. Perfect. Um, uh, as he is, um, but you know, every day is every day. You know, every day is every day. You brush, you brush your teeth every day. Are the ones you want to keep. So um, is, the, is the book your reflections about yourself, or is it a guide on how to journal? It's both. It's um, it's it's how did our why did I start to journal? And that's only one chapter, right? And it's kind of the story that we've just talked about now in a little bit more detail. And then it's, um, okay, so we're trying to build self-awareness. Why? So there's another chapter in self-awareness. We're trying to build gratitude. Why? And there's another one on that. We're trying yeah. to build. Right. So it's, 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 um, it's both. It's a, an explanation as to why we should journal, but also three or four different, uh, models that you can follow that would make it very, very easy to get into the process of it. And once you're into the swing of it, we then, you know, and we'll give, I think we give 30 days. Hit, let's just, just do this for 30 days. Do this for 30 days. And if you get to the end of it and you don't fancy it, don't do it. Yeah. But you'll be amazed at how many times. Well, people... well, well, say you've got someone who's listening now who thinks, okay, I hear what you said. It's interesting. Um, I've heard about it. Everyone bangs on about it. It's yeah. So I'll I'll have to write it down. So I'll I'll go and buy myself a book and I'll get myself a nice pen. What is the just literally the simplest first step other than just write something? Because I mean I, I hate people say that and you know it's it's yeah. so we are what's the most practical first step? Yeah, yeah. So we're very much against. So I I'll I'll, I'll be quite specific about this. We are very much against. Hey, listen, just get a journal and start writing. Yeah. At, Hundred percent. That's not the the thing to do. Um, we have to be very intentional about what it is that we're trying to achieve. So it's not just your rambling thoughts. You're not that interesting, right? You're not. You're not Ernest Hemingway, right? You're not Samuel Pepys. So don't just start writing. Here's my feelings and thoughts about stuff. No one's interested, right? <laughs> so so don't do that. Um, so let's be intentional about what it is that we're trying to that uh you know that we're trying to do so so it's not just rambling thoughts so we have a few real starter models right if you like just start doing this with some regularity and some stuff will uh improve so um the you you know I am sure that there's a difference between an affirmation and affirmation. But so let's start with some uh, affirmations, right? Let's 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 have some goals. Let's 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 try and be a bit specific about what we're trying to achieve, and we can have a whole session about what those goals might be, right? So so let's start by where do you want to be six in six months' time, and just actually write that out. So six months from today, what does your world? What what would you like your world to look like? And 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 you can get quite creative, right? You can get quite. I'll give you an example. Uh, a client of ours, um, a lawyer. Uh, she had some business goals, right? And she had some goals, and she like wrote, she'd written down what she wanted to do with her business, how she wanted her business to grow, and that. Okay, great. Then we said to her, okay, um, what are your core values? And she said, well, I'm not really sure what my core values are. 
And well, what do you believe in? What things are important to you, right? What are your commandments, your ethos, right? What what things are what things drive you? And she said she wasn't quite sure. And, and for anyone that's listening, we have a super duper easy worksheet on our website. Just go to it, download it. You'll find out what your core values are in 10 minutes. So start with that. Let's start with what you believe in, what your core values are. Okay, good. That can be our compass now. That's kind of our North Star and everything that everything that we do should be consistent with that. Okay, so we've got some core values. We've got some business goals. We've got, and then let's write, let's write down some personal goals. Okay, so now we know what we're working towards. In six months' time, you know, where do you want to have closed some of those biggest gaps, right? And so we'll start with that. We'll just, that's kind of like have an objective in mind. It's a bit like a pilot doesn't just take off from, JFK and hope to land in London, <laughs> right? Uh, in Heathrow, like eight hours later, right? They'll have a plan. They'll have a pre-flight plan and they'll course correct along the way a thousand times. Of course they will, but they have a goal that they've written down, right? The flight plan and the right pre-flight checks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So where are you today? Where would you like to be? This is a good place to start, right? And, and now we're going to kind of close those gaps. So let's start with some affirmations some stuff that we're um kind of like where are we now how close are we to it how far are we where are the biggest gaps all of that stuff and then we'll say okay um what beliefs do we need what what are our supportive beliefs to start to close that gap let's tell ourselves that we kind of deserve this stuff and we've got some supportive beliefs for that and again when you come down to uh, resilience you know one of the big things about resilience, grit and determination and resilience is the, the the knowledge that we, you know, that we're kind of worth it, right? That 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 got that. We then tell people, look, um to get from where we are to where we want to be, we're typically going to have to do something new, right? Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, right? That whole Einstein thing about, you know, what what is, you know. Uh, insanity doing the same thing expecting different results so so we then have them accept that you know there's the magic happens outside your comfort zones right so we're gonna have to get outside our comfort zone so we'll we'll have them understand the principle that you know there's there's no there's no growth in your comfort zone and there's no comfort in your growth zone right so we're gonna have to get a little bit uncomfortable in in certain kind of areas okay so um, so we'll say, start with some affirmations, start with some beliefs, and then start with some commitments, some tiny commitments, right? So it's just A, B, C, right? As simple as that. How can we go? How can we start very, very early, very easy? Where are we today in a in bunch of areas? Where do we want to be? And they're in the book or they're on the website. So where are we today? Where do we want to be in six months' time? Let's start with some affirmations, some beliefs, some commitments, tiny, small steps that are going to get us from where we are to where we want to be. And just start writing about those. And, and I mean, that, and that's really, that's great because that's very practical. And it's almost a self-coaching model. So, and then of course, I guess you're reflecting and you're evaluating and monitoring. So, okay. I mean, you keep referring to the site and the book. So you better tell us the name of the site and the name of the book so we know where to get it. Okay. Can I just, do you need to make one more point? <laughs> right. So one affirmation, two beliefs, three commitments every day. One, two, three. A, B, C, one, two, three. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? And so that's every morning. And then every morning you just like practically A, B, C, one, two, three. One, two, three, A, B, C. Then in the evening, 
This is the, I'm closing it off, and then I'll tell you where you can get some more information. Then in the evening, so that's your that's if you like your goal for the day, right? Um, then every evening, what I'd like you then to do is spend five minutes like, how did I do? Right? How did I do? These are the these are the kind of the commitments I made this morning. Did I do those things in the evening? Some days you did, some days you didn't. But here's the thing: here's where the self awareness comes from. Give yourself a report card. Just go. Yeah, probably a B minus today. And when you give yourself a B minus today, you say, well, what could I have done? Or what should I have done? What When I did this, what maybe have been better if I did something else? So you do a morning momentum, ABC123, an evening evaluation. What did my report card look like? Where could I have done better? And suddenly we are now in the whole process of building this self-awareness and this whole process of, you know, I could have been better. Now, the whole thing, as you say, Russell, is all backwards looking. It's all reflective. It's all it's all in the rear view mirror. What happens when you do that enough with enough density? And I'm not talking years. I'm just talking a couple of weeks. Yeah. Within a couple of weeks, you'll start to change the decisions you make in the moment. Yeah. Because if every day you're looking backwards, what starts to happen after about a couple of weeks, something comes your way. And instead of just responding to it, you think, I'm going to have to review this a bit later on today. So I might as well do that work now so that I now respond in the moment in a much better, in something I'm going to be happier with. My future self this evening will be happier with me for doing this thing now. And so you become very, very kind of self-aware in the moment and intentional in the moment. And as soon as we've got... A bit by using a bit of hindsight, we get a bit of insight, which leads to better foresight. Okay, where can I hope that answers your question? Where can you get more stuff? Just go to all the W's, mydailyleadership.com. Um, so my daily leadership, all one word, or you can go on Amazon, buy the book. I narrated this book. I didn't narrate my other two books, but I narrated this one because the jokes only sounded good in my language, I think, or in my <laughs> certainly my head right so if you want you can get the book paper electronic audio usual amazon so mydailyleadership.com is the book and it's also the site brilliant antonio it's a joy i mean and i just suddenly looked at the time and thought blimey that's rocketed past i need to be respectful of your time so sp- thanks for spending time with us today uh the site is mydailyleadership.com as the name of the book I just looked at it on amazon it's it's sitting there all Sherpy with lots of wonderful reviews. So it's <laughs> been it's been great. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Russell. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Later. Take care. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.